Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth because he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason I said, he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I think we get that reading. I'm not going to preach about this because it's not very exciting. But I think we get that reading for Holy Trinity Sunday because it's four or five short, sweet little verses about Jesus connecting the Father to the, Trini- or to the Spirit to himself all in a few sentences, which is what Holy Trinity Sunday is kind of about. of the time, strangers mispronounce my last name. And they have for as long as I've had my last name. On the first day of school, Hall, Hamilton, Harris, Havel, making introductions at Synod Assembly this past week. Pastor Mark Havel from Cross of Grace in New Palestine. (laughs) Every announcer at every baseball game ever. Batting next for the Dragons, Jackson Havel, Max Havel. We rarely correct people. It's the Havel way. I was actually just joking with my son's new tennis coach who was asking how to pronounce his name, that there could very well be people in my own congregation who don't know how to say my name because everyone here just calls me Pastor Mark. And we are fine with it, really. We let it slide for the most part. Unless someone cares enough to ask about getting it right, we will be the Havels without incident, injury, or offense. It's Havel, by the way. (laughs) Like navel with an orange, with an H. Even though I rarely correct people, relatively speaking, I've probably said that a million times in my life. It's like navel with an H. All of this is to say I have some history with the significance and the importance of getting someone's name right or not and wondering about why that matters, if that matters, should that matter, does that matter? And I've been thinking a lot about this lately, where pronouns for gender, non-conforming, non-binary, and transgender people in the LGBTQ community are concerned. Since June is Pride Month, like we just said, and since today is Holy Trinity Sunday, I hope where I'm headed with all of this is as practical as it is holy because I have a confession to make. I have been confused and I have been frustrated by all of this pronoun stuff lately. And I know many of you have too. So let me try to explain for those of you who are new to this and maybe even more confused than I feel some of the time, and I will apologize in advance 
for whatever I get wrong. If someone in the LGBTQ community doesn't consider themselves to be straight-up male or straight-up female, what is known now as cisgender or cishet gender, and if they don't want to be known or they don't want to be identified or they don't want to be called or limited by either one of those binary adjectives, such a person might prefer to be referred to as they or them. Or, if someone has transitioned or is in the process of transitioning from one gender to another, they might prefer to go by them instead of something so cut and dried as he or him or she or her. Or, if someone is born a male and transitions to become a female, they might prefer to be known as they and or he and or she. Like I said, it can be confusing. And I'll confess, even frustrating for someone who's trying to get it right. For example, I know a public figure who was born a male, transitioned to become a transgender female, with the new stereotypically female name, Megan. Megan prefers, though, for their pronouns to be they and he still. That's what I said. <laughs> That's when they're doing something online, like Zoom, for instance. They're a public figure, remember. But if they're in person or interacting with people one-on-one, -on -one, they prefer to go by they or them. Again, this can be confusing and frustrating, and I confess, and I mean confess, I don't feel great about this. I've thought some uncharitable thoughts about how high maintenance this seems, how overly sensitive, how needy, if not arrogant and maybe narcissistic this might be. But I'm trying to learn and do better and be better. See, as someone who has never cared and never taken it personally when people have gotten my name wrong, I just didn't understand. And that's the point. I just didn't understand. And maybe you don't either. See, as a straight white male, it has always been my prerogative to correct people if and when they pronounce my name incorrectly or not. I could call them on it if I wanted to or not. I could give them the whole, it's like navel with an H spiel, if I wanted to, or not. In my mind, they are wrong, and it is my choice, my option, my prerogative, it is within my power to let them know that they're wrong, if I want to, or not. But for someone in the LGBTQ community, Someone like Megan, perhaps, who likely grew up in the closet, on the margins, as an outsider to some, as a sinner to many, they were the ones who their whole life were wrong. In the wrong body, wearing the wrong clothes, attracted to the wrong kind of person, 
fundamentally wrong by the estimation of, in the opinion of, according to theology and judgment of most of the world around them, which would be a terrible way to try to live and move and breathe in this world. And they were without the status, without the prerogative I have, without the power to demand the simple, holy respect of being seen, identified, understood, and addressed in a way that honors who they are and how they feel about their very self. And I'm confessing my frustration with this and my lack of patience and understanding with this because I realize that that is lazy of me and inconsiderate and lacking in empathy and compassion to not take the time to simply learn or want to learn to address someone in a way in which they wish to be addressed. And all of this strikes me as practical and holy and relevant to wonder about on what we call Holy Trinity Sunday. This strange day on our church calendar when we're invited to wonder about and wrestle with the identity of God and the names we use to call upon, to pray to, and with which we might introduce God to others. As followers of Jesus, we start with what we learn from Jesus in Scripture, like we just heard, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's our trinity. That is our non-binary identity for God, if you will. That's the most common language most of us use to refer to the God made known to us in Jesus. And because Jesus was born a boy and Jesus died a man and prayed to God the Father in his first century patriarchal male-dominated culture, we do a lot of that too. But I think that's kind of lazy and lacking in faithful creativity and holy imagination. Because let's remember that Jesus also likened himself to a mother hen who gathers her brood under her wings. In Genesis, we're told that God created humankind in the image of God, both male and female. God created them in the image of God. And the word for the holy wisdom of God is the feminine name Sophia, which some use as reference to the Holy Spirit. And remember that Jesus also talked about himself as a shepherd and as a gate and as the way and the truth and the life. He's also the Lamb of God, the bread of life, the Son of God, the Son of Man, the Son of David. Jesus would also answer to Lord, Master, Rabbi, Rabuni. He was also understood to be the Lord, the Logos, the Word, the Christ, the Messiah. Talk about high maintenance, Jesus. <laughs> so on this Holy Trinity Sunday, middle of Pride Month, such as it is, in this congregation full of people who just last week shared how welcoming and affirming we want to be for all of God's people, 
as I learn about another congregation in our community choosing deliberately not to welcome, love, and care for people in the LGBT community, let's remember that this whole idea of naming God as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit matters most if and when it points to the relationship shared among the persons of that non-binary trinity. And that matters most, if you ask me, when it calls us and others into relationship with that same God, into relationship with each other, and into relationship with all, all, all of God's children. So let's consider that when we limit what we're willing to name or how we're willing to call upon God, we also limit all the ways we might see and share the goodness of God's love too. We risk limiting what God can look like and how God can show up in our lives for ourselves and for others and for the sake of the world as well. And let's stop doing that to each other, too. Let's be patient with ourselves and with one another. Let's listen to, let's hear, let's take the time to really see our neighbors the way God does and the way they see themselves, he, she, they, them, whatever. And let's see and celebrate everyone, everyone as created in God's image with love, in love, for the sake of love, at all costs, just as each of us is claimed and blessed to be, children of the Most High God, sealed with the Spirit and marked with the cross of Christ forever. Amen.